Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode, actually episode 30 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and with me, as always, is... I'm Mike. And today, we are going to be discussing the topic of calling. This is a very important topic because I think people are always searching for meaning and purpose in their lives, and I'm very excited that we have been reading through the book, Who Am I?, and we're finally going to be talking about calling. Yep. Now, now before we do that, Mike, I, I just want to ask you, how what's on your mind, man? How are you, how are you doing? You're sitting there so calm, so chill. I look calm and chill, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, looks can be deceiving. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, lots going on. Lots of good stuff. Uh, mostly, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about how it's sunny outside and it's the early signs of spring and baseball and softball are coming. Um, yeah. Dude, you're going to be such a busy, busy man coming up here. Pretty soon here with baseball. It's going to be crazy. And softball. I talked to the guy that runs Jay's League. He's going to play. And uh, he's going up to 90-foot bases from, uh, I think they were 70-foot last year. And so it's kind of, it's almost like he's starting over, like, at this level. Do you mean the bases are 90 feet apart now? Yeah. Is that what that means? Yeah. So it's okay. really kind of like taking a big step up, and, and uh, he's pretty excited about it. But That's cool. I basically told him that, you know, for the first few weeks, they're all going to be terrible. <laughs> so... <laughs> But well, that's cool, man. Yeah, spring. Like the weather has been nice. I've been wearing my sunglasses again. It feels good to be wearing sunglasses and have a reason to do so, so you don't look like a tool, just riding around. <laughs> so, but uh, I uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the weather. Mowed my yard for the first time since September. Oh, well, actually, I paid a kid to do it. That's good. But uh, it looks better now, so that's that's good. Speaking of lawns, yeah, my house has no lawn. Does it not have a lawn? I have no lawn. That's the dream, man. Dude, there's no, there's a hill that's going to need to be weed whacked, but there's yeah. zero lawn to mow. Jaden is excited. <laughs> Dude, I would be excited. <laughs> As a kid, I hated mowing yards. That's like, I'll do a lot of different things, but something about mowing was the worst thing in my mind. If I was Jaden, I, I would be, I'd be ecstatic not to have to mow a yard. Yeah. But is he going to weed whack, do you think? Or? We'll see. You okay. know, he's, he's gotten a little taller. Okay. The weed whacker is pretty big and pretty okay. hefty, and and uh, but I think he might be able to manage it. So we'll see. That's cool. The weed whacker is kind of fun. You know, it's, okay. it's not quite like mowing. There's some power with it. It's uh, a violent activity in a sense. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, actually, I was going to share this. I was thinking about this. Uh, this has nothing to do with us specifically, but I was thinking about how as Christians, people are always looking for um, trying to steward their finances well. Okay. Actually, we talked about this right before. Okay. Right before uh, we started recording. But I'm looking at Mint Mobile. I- I'm only sharing this because I know there are several families in our church that are complaining about their cell phone bill. This is not a paid advertisement, <laughs> by the way. Mint Mobile, Ryan Reynolds, they do not know that I'm looking at them, nor am I plugging them. I don't even know if the service works. But what I am saying is that I found a uh, a wireless company. That will give me what I'm looking for with my flagship phone for $15 a month. Dude, I was telling you, I can get cell phone service for what I pay right now. For what I pay monthly with Sprint, I could get cell phone service for six months. So anyway, I'm just letting people know I'm I'm testing it. Maybe I'll come back later on the podcast to let you know how it's going. Because if other people are looking to save some green, just because stewardship is important, I'll, I'll let you know. So... And I guess we could say Mint Mobile if, you know, you do want to sponsor us since we're already giving you free publicity. How nuts would that be if we finally picked up a sponsor and it was that because of this episode, right? There you because go. Episode 30 is there when everything just picked up for us. <laughs> so, 
So anything, everything else is good for you, Mike. Things are good, man. Things are good. I'm glad to hear you mowing your lawn and yeah, uh, growing up my enjoying, office. Enjoying this summer or spring, but it feels it looks so nice outside with the sun. Yeah, it does look nice out there. I'm, I am ex- the but, Northwest is so beautiful. I was gonna say most of our listeners are probably in the Northwest. They know the, what we're talking about. But right. it, but if you're not in the Northwest, when you get through uh, fall and winter, and then in the spring when the sun starts to shine again, there's like a newness of life that is like it. It's emotional. It impacts you. Uh, maybe it's just vitamin D is finally in our system, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it is it is a good feeling to have the sun shining up here in the Northwest. Yes. Hey, have you – you've grown up in the Northwest. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you traveled to other parts of the country and just felt like this is wrong? Uh, I don't know about that. Okay. So I, I don't think I've ever had that thought. This is – I felt – so years ago, uh, the church sent me to a, a, a training in Kentucky. I think I was in Kentucky. No, I was in Ohio. I was somewhere you know, like in the Midwest, Kansas. I was in Kansas is where, is where it was. And I was walking around and I was like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong right now. I was just walking from store to store. And what it was, was that there was just too much sky. Okay. Because it's no just hills. it's just flat. All yeah. the trees are only 10 feet tall. Right. There yeah. was just too much sky. And I'm like, I'm used to being surrounded by a, a cascade of yeah. mountaintops yeah. everywhere. So I don't know. I, I love the Northwest. West Coast is the best coast, man. There That's how I feel. So, all right, Mike. Uh, we are talking about though Easter is coming up, mm-hmm. and we have we're slowly kind of putting together a East and Easter strategy. And one thing that we're uh, asking people right now is just to be praying for the neighborhoods around our campuses. On my heart right now is the Terry Taylor uh, campus, man. If you look on Google Maps and looked at like. How all the homes within like a half mile radius of the Pacific Way campus? That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. There are a lot of people, and then there's a part of me that feels like, man, as a church, we should be connecting. You know, with geographically these people, I know we connect with people throughout Cowlitz County and stuff, and that's a good thing. But uh, there are some people geographically located, literally right next to us, that man, we should just be praying for and connecting with. Mm-hmm. So. Easter's coming up. We're, are we looking to do anything big or special for for Easter, Mike? Well, I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you plan on doing, Andrew? I was thinking about coming to your house and making a ham. Yeah. So no. Okay. I guess I guess so I'll like, invite your brother over to do yeah. that. Oh my gosh, you should do that. He's got a pretty sick ham recipe. He loves ham. We love not being Jewish. We eat so much pork in our house. <laughs> like we love it. Anyway, I know. I, I guess what I was thinking is, I, I know we're starting to roll out some strategies and things like that. But I was thinking that um, statistically, just so that people know, and, and if you're think if you're listening to this and you you go to our church, um, and if you normally attend the eleven o'clock service, I would maybe start thinking about may, maybe putting together a strategy for going to the Saturday night service or the nine a.m. service. And maybe serving at the 11 at some capacity. Because to t- for the last few years, I've noticed that we get just this huge influx mm-hmm. of people, which makes sense. But th- that also means like for me working with children, I need a lot of help. Because our children's numbers sometimes triple on this. And that, so the people that I have staffed that weekend, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. So anyway, I, that's what I was just thinking. Like if people would at this moment start considering, man, maybe they could step in. On the 11 o'clock service. That'd be great, man. Yeah, that'd be great. Because there's also, you could be an usher or a greeter. And some of that we'll talk about on March 1st when yeah. we do our Valley Forward. We're going to talk about kind of the, the state of the church and, That's and right. what are the needs and things like that. So That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we're getting in there. So, 
Today, we are talking about the, just pivoting, the second to the last chapter of the book, Who Am I? Identity in Christ. And today, it is specifically covering the chapter, I am a servant. That's right. Okay. I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I think the theology behind this can be eye-opening. Because I think when you're young or just young in faith, you tend to think that the only way you can serve the Lord is if you go into, quote-unquote, ministry. And the way people define ministry would be like the pastorate. And I think we're going to explore some ideas and some concepts that are biblical and true that kind of shed some light. Like that's not necessarily what the Bible teaches. That's, that's far from what the Bible teaches, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mike, do you want to kick us off with just uh, just this this chapter? Maybe the, like a flyby of the chapter itself, because I know we have some other things we'd like to bring to the table. Yeah. So this. this is the idea of you know our calling is to be a servant, and so Jerry Bridges in his summary of it, he says, "I am a servant of Jesus Christ. By God's grace, I serve Him." by serving others in the particular role or roles to which in his providential wisdom, he has called me. And so we're recognizing in this chapter, a sense of calling to specific roles, but, but all of it is, is summarized into this idea that I am a servant. My role is to serve, right? Regardless of whether I'm a pastor or whether I'm, you know, a businessman or whatever I do. In fact, one of my seminary professors, I remember him saying that the last day I was in ministry was, was the day before I became a pastor because a a pastor's role is actually not to do the work of the ministry. It's to equip people to do the work of the ministry. So I'm called a minister, but that's actually a a, a backwards idea. Mm -hmm. Our congregation is full of ministers and I do do, I do ministry, right? But, but my, my calling in ministry is to equip people, to train people, to help people, to launch people into ministry. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Jerry Bridges, he bases his conversation really out of Romans chapter one, verse one. You want to read it for us? Yeah. Romans chapter one, verse one is Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. That's right. Now that word servant is actually the word slave. It is. Yeah. And so Paul, this is, you know, he talks about this a lot. He says that he is a slave to Christ Jesus, that we are slaves to Christ Jesus. Now we got to, we got to back that up a little bit. You're going to address the uh, slave, right? Because I know our listeners today, when they think of slave, what most people, and what he addresses in the book Mm -hmm. is that most people think, tend to think of uh, the Americanized version of a slave. When we think of slavery in the South and that's not at all what we're talking about. Yeah. So in the ancient world, slavery, it had different kinds. There was different kinds of slavery. There was the, you know, the very negative connotation of abuse and whatnot that did exist. There was also uh, people could sell themselves into slavery, especially if they were in a hardship. Maybe there was a tragedy in their family. They no longer had means for economic stability. And so they could sell themselves into slavery and they could actually have a master. They could purchase their slavery or, or when they or purchase their freedom out of slavery in time, they could be a slave for a certain amount of time, things like that. And so when Paul's saying I'm a slave, he's not saying I'm, I'm, you know, being beaten and although he was for Christ, right. But this is not that, that kind of imagery. This yeah. is a, I am a servant to a master, someone who is right. in charge of me. He's someone who has submitted their life to another person's de- desires. Yeah. Like he literally has a master. So, And the character of the master is really important, right? Because right. what kind of character is Christ? Right. He's a good master. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's generous. He's the one who lays down his life for mm-hmm. us. He's rescued us. 
he's purchased us with his blood. And so this is the idea of slavery that we have to have in our mind. Like I am, I have a master, but my master is not a cruel master. Right. He's a good master. Yeah. This is kind of like, uh, in my mind, I think a good illustration would kind of be like uh, Bruce Wayne and Alfred. Just just a modern day, like, that is, that is a man who is a butler, in, in that sense, is someone who has submitted their life to a fa- committed their life to a family, and they've seen, they see honor in serving a family. And they choose the family. Well, in that case, they chose the family that they serve because of what they're, they're, what they're about. And they were good, good masters. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, again, if you look at any other pop culture reference, we have uh, sla- slavery is super negative, but this is not what we're talking about at all. It's the idea that as Christians, we, we, we submit our lives to Christ, to a good master. Yeah. yeah. And now we're looking at a holistic view of that. And the reality is it's been said that every person is a slave to something. Yeah. Right. And so if, if we're not a slave to Jesus, who is a good mas- master, who are we a slave to? Yeah. We're a slave to sin. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's not a kind master. Yeah. That is a master that, uh, that wants to destroy, mm-hmm. that wants to terrorize us. Right. Yeah. And so in, in this conversation about how we're a slave, he actually talks about a passage from Colossians that describes how a bond servant or how a slave is meant to serve their master, how, how they're meant to be a servant to the master. And so the passage is Colossians 3, 22 through 24. It says, bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of, sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Jesus. Now he talks about being a servant and not doing it with eye servant or eye service, but with sincerity of heart. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between eye service and sincerity of heart? Well, eye service is just that you want to look good, right? There's no genuineness behind it. That's uh, you know what I, it makes me think of uh, in the health and fitness industry. There are people who work out and they they coach other people because they want they want all the prestige they want all the accolades of being a good coach. But then there are people who actually are genuinely good servants. They 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 hear they practice they genuinely want the welfare of their client over the accolades they could receive if their client does well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that sincerity behind it. It's the heart behind it. That's right. It reminds me of working at Albertsons. There were you know I was a a manager and an employee at Albert since the different stages in my, my time there. Right. And I remember, um, employees who, you know, they would work hard when the boss was around, but the moment the boss turned a corner or was out of sight, it was like things slowed down or, you know, I remember we were not allowed to have like a food that we would be eating Mm -hmm. in our work area and, you know, people would have it and they would just hide it. And like, this is, this is eye service. Yeah. This is when, when the boss is looking at you, mm-hmm. you look like you're doing the right thing. But mm-hmm. when the boss turns their back, you, you really are not not being faithful in, in serving with sincerity of heart. There's no integrity there. That's right. Yeah. So Paul is literally saying to those who are slaves, he says, you were to do this with a sincerity of heart. But then he, he gives some reasons why. There's actually three references to the Lord. It says, we, we do this because we have a fear for the Lord or fear of the Lord. This is, this is not a fear of like, he's going to punish me. This is a fear of uh, respect and honor. I like to think of uh, not fearing or, or how we fear the sun. Yeah. Uh, you ever been sunburnt? Oh yeah. 
All right. And so when you get sunburnt, you learn to fear the sun. Mm -hmm. You learn to put on sunscreen, right? Right. When we fear the Lord, we we recognize, man, he is worthy of honor and glory. And so I want to honor, I want to respect him. This is a reverence. And so that's the first one of fearing the Lord. The second one, he says, uh, they're to work heartily as for the Lord. And then he says this, you are serving the Lord Jesus. So take this back to the employee-employer relationship. Take this back to the the slave-master relationship. When the slave is serving their master, when when the employee is doing work for their employer, who are they doing work for and who are they serving? Right there and then, I think most people would argue they're doing it for their employer. Employer, but the scripture right here tells us that we're actually we should be aiming it for the Lord Himself, for Christ Himself, mm-hmm. which that goes on to be more than just uh, just while you're working. That's that's the idea that even like when you're at home and you're taking care of your house, when you're doing the dishes, when you're folding your laundry, you know, when you're taking care of your car, you. When so anyone asks you to do anything, really, it should be done as if you were doing it for the Lord. That's what keeps integrity all the way up. You know, actually, last night we were talking to, to the kids and talking about uh, God's omnipresence. And we were talking about that God's everywhere and that God sees everything. And so then one of the kids goes, well, then if God is everywhere and he sees everything, I should be on my best behavior everywhere I go. And I'm like, well, I mean, you said that. <laughs> you know, like, that's true. Right. So just because you're like not in the church or you're not doing something that's specifically ministry oriented, you're still out in the community and you represent Christ wherever you may be. And because you represent him, like you should be serving towards him, mm-hmm. taking what you do and, and aiming it towards Christ. Now, I, in, in the book, and I think you're, you're tying this. I might be jumping ahead of you right now. In the book, this this section goes back to the idea that. This speaks to the idea that like not everyone, like Paul, is going to do something that is directly gospel related. As in some people have vocations or jobs where they work outside of the, actually the, the majority of the people work outside of the church. Here in Longview, a lot of people work for the mill. Uh, other people, so that's industry. Some people work commercially, so they sell things. They a lot do of people drive down to Portland, people drive down, down yeah. businesses down there. Yeah. Absolutely, right? So how can people what should people? How should people feel about? I guess the the idea of being a servant, and the, and though they're not directly connected with the church, hands on. Like, how does this relate to that? Yeah. So this is the idea of calling, right? That's kind of where you're you're thinking. Yeah. And the reality is, every single one of us, we are called. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Bridges he he alludes to some of this. I like the way Jeff Org talks about it. I think the book is called Am I Called? I don't remember yeah. exactly what and it's And just called. really quick, Jeff Orge is uh, the president of Gateway Seminary. That's right. So yeah. Our local, not local, but it is a Southern Baptist seminary. Yeah. That, it's out of California, but it yep. has an extension in Vancouver. And yep. so we have some connections there. Yeah. Did you take classes there? I did. That's I, right. Yep. Yep. I am partway through my master's and someday I might finish that. What, what day are you going to graduate? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so this is really helpful, though, as you think about it, because calling applies to every believer. Every believer is a servant. Every believer is a slave to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us, we should do everything as unto the Lord. Right. This means we serve a if we have a bad boss, Mm -hmm. if we have a grumpy boss, a selfish boss, we serve them like we would serve Jesus. This means when we're in our home and we serve our family members, we serve them. 
as we would serve Jesus, right? And when we're in our church, we serve each other as we would serve Jesus. This is the calling to to lay down our life uh, to, to live for him, right? Yeah. You think about uh, Jesus's words in Matthew 16. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is this is Jesus's call, calling mm-hmm. to his disciples, to all of us. That says you are to come and be a servant. You are to come lay down your life, your rights, your desires, and follow after me. That's the first level of calling that applies to all believers. Mm-hmm. Now, we understand that calling can can be nuanced and it can work in, at a different level also. That next level is to be called to leadership. Right. And so you think about this, um, you know, James chapter three, it says, um, not many of you should be teachers because they will be held to a higher standard. You think of first Timothy three, it says, if anyone aspires to the office of elder, they desire a noble task. This is, this is a, an aspiration that God places in someone, mm-hmm. which is a call to leadership. Right. So everyone's called to be a servant. And some of those servants are called to lead. Mm-hmm. They're called to be servant leaders. They're called to, to lead the, the church of God in a way that it benefits the church. And that could be a lay person. That could be someone who works in a thousand different kinds of jobs, um, but they give their time to help lead the church. They, they, maybe they teach in a Sunday school. Maybe they, they are an elder. Maybe they're leading a, a life group or serving in children's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next layer of that is a, a particular calling in a particular place. So Jerry Bridges talks about this in his, his journeys as a navigator. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to be a navigator and study and then be sent overseas on yeah. mission. And then he found a particular calling in administration and then in writing and in teaching. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have a particular calling and I do. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. how do you discover your calling? Man, I, I think it goes back to these layers, you know, that first layer talking about the idea of of just being a servant. I, I've gotten my start in ministry just because there's these, these, this little phrase that I would ask all the time. Anytime I see someone, I just ask, Hey, do you need any help? That's just something that's innate in me. So you were being a servant. Servant. Yeah. Amen. And I I remember like I had a friend, uh, I, I, so I didn't start driving until I was 19 uh, because of just some other other things with my family. But uh, I, when I was a kid and I was involved in my church, I would hang out with my friends who they would be my 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 they would be the transportation. But every time we stopped by the church to go do something to grab something, I would see someone working on something or one of the pastors doing something, and I would be like, "Hey, man, do you need any help?" And my friends who were my ride would always get annoyed because they get roped in with me. To do that stuff, and they're like, "You gotta stop asking that." I'm like, "I just, that's just what I do, man. I, if I see someone who needs help, I just ask them if they need help." And I got my start in that. And then as I as I began to help other people, I encountered Christ more and more. Like I got to open my God opened my eyes that church is more than just what happens on the weekend. Oh my gosh! Once I realized that that was mm-hmm. that was a big deal for me. But then. It's it's an interesting thing because then then I eventually felt this calling because of other things that happened. I felt this sense of like I'm learning. I need to share. I, I was given opportunities. I need to teach, and I, I did. I started. I became an intern and all these things. And I went down this road. I've been on the, this trajectory since I was 15. I went to Bible college p- partly through seminary, and now here we are uh, at in in the leadership level, right of within within the church. 
But this, this is like, this is something I wanted to share is that like right now, there are men within our church and men that I encounter that think that when they think of serving, that when they think of I am a servant or, or the idea of I want to serve Christ, they only think about these church leadership positions. Preaching. Preaching and, and teaching and all that stuff. And some of those guys I, I would like to discourage because I think they're in it for the wrong reasons. But, you know, if, if you're listening to this, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You want to name some names? Yeah. I will no, 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 no. Number one, <laughs> Terry Smith. I don't know. I just made up a name. That's If your name is Terry Smith, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. I don't know a Terry Smith. Andrew hates you. Yeah, but I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, there are some people I feel like they're always looking. Uh, what is that saying? Like the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some people are always looking at my position and like, oh, look at Andrew. He works for the church. He's he's doing the work of God. He's doing all these things. And I don't, that's not the idea of serving. I mean, it is and it isn't. This I'm, actually, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, I'm on this side. I'm on this side looking over at people who are working in like retail and working in the mills and working. And I'm like, man, I wish I was working alongside them because I want to minister to the lost who are out there. It's interesting to me that people want to work in the church and they call that ministry. Where I'm over here thinking like, no, I'm, I am doing ministry, but I would rather be, I want to be out there. That's why uh, it's, it's come, it's come full circle. Cause now I, I had the opportunity to, to be, become a CrossFit coach and I kind of I act as a chaplain for some police and fire department people as I worked out with them and minister to them. My calling now is that like I want to glorify God and I want to preach and teach his word, but I want to serve people through the health and fitness industry. I want to help people redeem their bodies and do so in a way that glorifies God and, and honors, honors his people. I do that for the glory of God and the joy of others. And to me, that is, that is me serving others. It's you doing whatever you're doing yeah. for the sake of the Lord. Yeah. It's unto the Lord. Yes. Right? That's that's what calling is. Yeah. And, and I think your story of just the progression from being a servant and as you serve and as you follow the lead of others, mm-hmm. you are given those opportunities little by little. I mean, I remember cleaning up after church and stacking chairs as yeah. early things that I did in, you know, not even knowing what it meant to be a church leader. It's just those little by little. Oh, hey, we want you to lead a prayer. Oh, hey, we want you to prepare a devotion. Oh, hey, we want you to be this kind of role. And then we want you to start teaching. And it was little by little. And it's interesting. It wasn't just in the church. It was it was at work. It was when I was working at Albertsons and I was praying for people and and serving people there and and trying to be faithful to the Lord and everything. And, and that's, that's how it ends up working, yeah. right? It makes me think of Mark 10. And this is a, a story where uh, I'm going to read some of it. Actually, um, two of Jesus's disciples, they, they've kind of got it upside down. They don't see that they're called to serve. They actually, they want the opposite. They want to be served. They want to be right. positions of power. So it starts verse 35, Mark 10, it says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee came up to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you, right? Jesus, I got a question. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I just want you to say yes beforehand, right? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, and uh, and he said to them, verse 36, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, I'll, I'll add without realizing what he's talking about, we are able. 
And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Now, what, what do these guys want? They want power. They want power. They want fame. They want recognition. They want all the yeah. perks. They want the glory. They want the position of, of you know, look look where I'm sitting. I'm I'm seated seated next to the king. Yeah. Right? Um, <clears throat> all of these things that we desire, these, these are all kind of idols, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus, he's talking about, are you able to drink from the cup that I drink? Now, this is a Old Testament imagery of, of the, the cup, yeah. which yeah. is the wrath of God mm-hmm. that's poured out. Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized? What is Jesus talking about? The grave, his burial. He's saying, are you willing to die? Are you willing to lay down your life? And their response is, yeah, yeah. As long as I can sit with you, they don't recognize what Jesus is actually talking about because their eyes are on the wrong thing. Now, go ahead. I was like, that's, I, I see where you're going with this, but that's awesome. That's so true of us. We don't see what Christ is getting at, right? I, I, I just keep thinking about the person who would who would have read this chapter and just, and just keep thinking, man, I want to serve. I do want to serve. I want to make my life count. I want to do things for God. And I, I just I need to I need to quit my job and so I can so I can be a Sunday school teacher. I can do all these things. When like you're, you're not getting it, wherever you're at, where God has led you, like that is the ministry. Do that in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Do that, and I, I, that's. I'm only piggybacking off the idea that like James and John, like they, they're not getting it. That's right. They keep they're fo- they're fixated on this single idea, and they're not connecting with Jesus. And Jesus is trying to is challenging, like no, no, open your mind a little bit more, like look broader, like look at what I'm actually telling you. So that contextually, that's not what that's about, but like that's that's just an example of like not seeing what Jesus is going after. And before we pick on them too much, yeah. they weren't the only ones, right? Right. You continue verse forty one. It says, and then. When the 10 heard it, this is the other disciples, mm-hmm. they began to be indignant, right? They're not mad because of the request of, of James and John. They're mad that James and John thought of it first, yeah. right? They want that position as well. And uh, and so they're indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and he said, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over and, they exerc- and, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Listen to this. So he says, but it shall not be so among you, but whoever... W- would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Of all. Yep. Oh, Jesus, he's reminding us there, there's, there's the kingdom of self and there's the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a kingdom of I'm doing everything I can to please myself, to put myself on the throne or as close to it as possible. Really, this is the kingdom that seeks after their own glory. You know, I, I think about this. And I think about the people who seek their own glory, who want to be in the pastorate, who want to, who want time in the pulpit because they feel like they have a message for, for God. But like, if you can't serve in the most like humble of ways, you can't unclog a toilet, you can't walk a kid to a classroom, you, or you're having a struggle just with even seeing your purpose and being at work. I, I really hesitate to see anyone step up into ministry, quote unquote ministry or the pastorate. Because you might be doing so out of insecurity. Yeah. 
you do so, you might be doing so because you're thinking, like, I want to be valuable. And look, the person up on front right now, he's telling us how to live our lives and giving us peace and comfort. That's valuable. And I want to be that person. I want to be valuable. That's insecurity. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to be flat out right now. There are too many pastors in the pastorate that serve out of insecurity. There are. And just like there are unhealthy churches, there are unhealthy ministers who have, they're about, they're not about the kingdom of God. They may be generally, but I mean, getting to the heart of it, if they're not serving for the glory of Christ, they're doing more damage than, than they realize. And I, I don't, I know we're like, that's kind of off topic, but like, I'm just seeing this and I just, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you, have, you, you, have gr- you seen that? Grind that ax. Yeah. <laughs> No, I just, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean oh my and, and you can kind of smell it and you can kind of sense it. And it's, it's not that they're just like totally like wrong folks. Motives are always mixed and, right. and we can't read someone's motives like accurately all the, you know, but, but here's the deal. Uh, if, if you're serving, uh, and, and you are insecure, if it is about, I, I've got to be successful, I've got to do something for the kingdom of God. If it's not built out of a, a a steady proven record of following Jesus following yeah. Yeah. Then, then there's some danger, right? We, you know, one of the things we say, the best leaders are the best followers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about those who in the church who slowly grow into leadership mm-hmm. over a long period of time, having um, opportunity by small opportunity and proving themselves faithful little by little. Those are the ones that endure those are the ones that have long ministries. Those are the ones that, that have a, a, an impact for the kingdom. Cause it's not about them and about a platform. It's about the Lord and, and faithfully following him. Right. Yeah. I, and to clarify, I'm not saying that the best pastors have no insecurities. Like I, I tend to think that I'm a pretty healthy minister, but I, I don't know. I'll let you, I'll let people decide that, but I, I have insecurities. And I will we'll, we'll create a poll and yeah. we'll put it on this, uh, yeah, this podcast. Yeah. No, but I'll be the first to admit that like in my twenties, you know, right at that time, like we were getting these new, like mega pastor people that I'm like, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to be Francis Chan or, or Matt Chandler or, 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 or Mike Freeman and all these <laughs> big name pastors. Why? I want to, I want to be the next at the time, Mark Driscoll <laughs> or any of these things. Because you just see the influence they have. But, you know, you kind of grow out of it. You start to realize, like, man, I just want to, I don't know. You you grow through that kind of stuff. This reminds me of uh, 1 Timothy 3 and talking about an elder, right? It says, verse 6, he must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. This is why we have to be slow. I mean, this is, we're really off topic now. Yeah. This is that that level of calling. Everyone's called to serve Mm -hmm. in time you end up some find a calling to leadership and then there's a particular call to a specific place and, and role, right? This is meant to take, take time. We should not be quick to lay hands on someone right. and appoint them to position. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they have a sincerity and an eagerness to off the charts, right. we're looking for people that have a proven track record of character and, mm-hmm. and of teaching like yeah. who know the word, who know the scriptures. Uh, it, it's not, by by accident that an elder is called an elder yeah right that they should be older than some right like this doesn't mean that every elder has to be you know 50 plus but this is 
And it doesn't mean that everybody 50 plus should be an elder. Correct. Yeah. You know, Jesus' response to these guys, as he's talking to them, he lands on this, this verse, verse 45 of Mark 10. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, the, these disciples, all 12 of them, really, James and John started, they, they get the ball rolling, but all of them are looking for some prestige, some power, some position, this, this glory, this self-centeredness. And Jesus' response says, no, the, the first is the last, the, the greatest is the servant and the slave. And then he says, by the way, you want to see the greatest? Look at me. He says, I didn't come to be served. Who deserved to be served more than anyone else in all humanity? Jesus Christ. I didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And then this, to give my life as a ransom for many. You know, Jesus, he he became a servant. He became the slave. Mm -hmm. He he died for us. And through his death, rescues and ransoms and saves us. And because of that, his name is the name that is above all names. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will mm-hmm. bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, right? This is this is the greatest one, Jesus. Right. And so how we achieve greatness is not by saying, oh, well, can I uh, cling onto your coattails and sit next to you? You know how we do it? We we lower ourselves. We 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 serve. Yeah. We serve. And this means we serve in every area of our life, right? Mm-hmm. Service is not just, oh, I'm a pastor, I serve the church. No. Service actually, I would say it begins at home. It does. Yeah. Like if if someone's listening to this, I would say you need to be a slave in your home. So if you're a husband or or a wife, if you're a kid, like you need to be the one serving you know, knocking out the chores that aren't on your chore list, Mm -hmm. looking out for the needs of your family members. I mean, this is ultimate, this is the ultimate masculine mandate, right? Like the, just say, I, I provide and I protect and I care for my family. I'm not this guy on a throne at my house. It's like everyone bowed out to me. No, I'm the one who's leading by loving, by caring for others. And that, that, that's true. If you're married, that's true. in a house full of single guys, right? Like you guys, man, you, you guys can all, uh, in your home, um, you can choose. Are you going to serve self or are you going to serve each other? Right. Are you going to live for what's best for one another? Or are you just going to be like, oh, someone left their dishes out. I'm, I'm not going to touch those, right? I mean, little ways, yep. serving at home. Um, and then you can also serve at work, right? Yep. So thinking about people, what might it look like for people to serve at work, to be a slave at work, Andrew? Well, I liked his illustration, but there's a couple other things that came to my mind. But in, in the book he wrote, there was a guy – who saw his calling at his work. He, uh, the illustration was that he used to be, or he was a car salesman, but the attitude changed that before he was a Christian, he said he sold cars, Mm -hmm. which is about him making money off the commission. But when he became a Christian, he realized he could serve others by helping them buy a car. As in, it wasn't about the bottom line for him, but it was about helping other people find what made sense economically for others. And for me, like, and this, this is, this is what I was getting at, I guess, with the idea of calling earlier that when people look at us, I guess, within the church and they're, they're trying to, they like, oh, I want to be like a leader in the church. I'm like, no, dude, I want to be like you. I want to be on the, the grass is green where you water it, you know, invest in where you're at, whatever guys brought your way. 
And in my mind right now, as I, as I enter into the uh, health and fitness field right now, like for example, there are supplement companies just left and right. People, pharmaceuticals, just people trying to make proteins, CBD oils, all, all this stuff. And everyone's trying to sell it because they want to make a quick buck, right? But what if me as a Christian who is being entering into this world, I can help people by number one, doing the research and reading and then informing people of like, hey, you don't actually need this. You don't need to buy these. If you want to get healthy, just get this multivitamin. Here's a good multivitamin. You don't need to go spend all this money on whey protein and all these other things like that. Like, yeah, you got some of those multivitamins in your trunk, right? Yeah, actually. Too. <laughs> no, so optimum nutrition, man. But uh, just as like as you enter into these fields, like you get to serve people by by you serve Christ by putting his people first or putting people first, and you serve them by helping them so that they aren't exploited. They're not taken advantage of. Yeah. And that's almost every industry yeah. at any capacity. So, so be a slave at home, mm-hmm. be a slave at work, be, be a slave at church. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live in a consumeristic society where it's really easy to come and be a spectator at a church. You can come and, and punch your card on a weekend service and leave and, and not actually contribute. Yeah. And, and that, that makes, uh, that makes church uh, shallow compared and, to what it's meant to be. Yeah. And what people need to understand is we're, we're talking, we're using the word servant, a slave, right? We're not, I'm not, again, we're not talking about slave as in like abusive, but submission. Because in our culture today, we have this idea of volunteerism that people want to volunteer because they want to just feel good, like they're contributing back to society or community at some capacity. And hey, and good on you for that, I, I guess. But a servant and a volunteer are different things. A volunteer says, I'll help when I have time. On my agenda. Yes. A servant says, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, is I'm going to carve out time yeah. to make sure this happens. Imagine, I'm sorry, I'm going to my, my high horse right now, but like, imagine if that's how volunteer, your kids are coming to, to learn about Jesus and be loved, right? And imagine if you, like some guy just came like, I'll love these kids when it's convenient to me. The kids aren't really going to feel that impact then, right? But a servant says, because of Christ, these children are important to me. I'm going to carve out time to make sure that they are cared for and guided completely different That's right. approach to that. That's right. So, you know, ultimately we, 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 we're slave yeah. home, work, church. And last thing I would say is, is just in public, like as God gives you opportunities, serve your community, serve, you know, if your kids are in public schools, if your kids are on a, a, a baseball team, a softball team, a basketball team, you know, be a servant. Don't be someone that's there trying to get whatever you can out of it. Don't be trying to get the position of power. Be in the spot where you are looking out for what's best for others. Right. This is this is actually discipleship 101. It does not get much more simple than understanding that to follow Jesus is to be his servant yeah. in every area of our life. Yeah. Right? You know, that's the calling. Pro tip in, in public. And this is just this is just a Yeah. Anyway, just listen. Lord have mercy. Yeah. I, I told you at the beginning of this, like I have this thing where like, if I see someone doing something, I just ask, Hey, do you need help? Right. My personality has lent itself to like in almost any organization that I've ever been a part of. Somehow I find myself on leadership, like in, in, in a position of leadership. It's not because I stepped in there and thought to myself, I'm going to be a leader in this I just showed up and I cared about whatever was happening. And I just like, Hey, do you need help? 
And if you start to serve in small areas and people trust you and you prove yourself, you'll eventually find your way there. But it's about motive. Like, what are you, are you there because you want to, because you believe in what's happening, or are you there because you just want to be influential and powerful? If you want that, you're not going to get it. Yeah. That goes back to the best leaders are the best followers, or the best leaders are the best servants. Yeah. So, so. this is a good conversation, man. Yeah. I think we have a lot to think about. We do. And I think we're, we're coming up on time here, and we, I think we covered the chapter pretty well. I think, uh, you know, we always end this with, with prayer. And I think it would be appropriate just to pray for our listeners right now, wherever you're at. I, I pray, I pray that you would feel a sense of calling in the job that you have, but also that you would pray. I would pray that you would serve an attitude of servanthood in your home, in your house. Sorry, same place, in your work, in your church, and in the public. Yeah. So let's Mike, pray. Yep. Yeah. Lord, I do thank you that that uh, our calling is a calling based on who Jesus is and what He's done. Lord, you don't call us to come and, and serve so that we can earn your approval. You call us to to Christ, to trust in his death and resurrection. You call us to enjoy your approval in Christ, your acceptance. And then out of that, we sense this calling to lay down our lives for the one who laid down his life for us. Lord, I pray that you would give us this, this sincerity of heart where we would, would, we would be slaves, we would be servants in every area of our lives. Lord, I pray that it starts in our homes. I pray that you would uh, be working in the homes of our listeners right now, allowing those who lead to, to serve, to put down their selfish interests and, and to really care for their family. Lord, I pray it would spill into our work life and, and from our work life, Lord, I pray it would connect to our, our service in the church and ultimately that, that believers would be seen in public as, as servants, as, as not selfish, but selfless God, we pray that all of this, as people see it, they would give glory to our Father in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.